Amen, huh? I like those songs that have for Russ in them. It's good stuff. Hey, uh, so Pastor Jeff is, is filling in for Tom in Springfield today, and so I'm in today. So thankful for these moments to get to kind of hang out with you guys and all these things. Uh, Missy usually sets the bulletin. I don't know. She wanted to know what the title of the message was. I don't really title my messages, you know. So she said Ecclesiastes chapter 4. We're not even close to that. I'm not sure how she even come up with that. But we are uh, going to be in John chapter 6. But you guys need a Bible. These guys are chomping at the bit to get one in your hands. Check your neighbor. Make sure they got all that stuff. If you need one. No? Everybody's got your Bible? Or your electronic device? Well, it's be a minute before we'll get there. But make your way to John chapter 6. And then... Hold that and then do something else and make your way to Mark chapter 4 and kind of be ready for those, for those times. Um, something I was supposed to announce and I completely forgot it. I'm all distracted by Tim drinking that water. <laughs> he was staring right at me. I was like, what does that mean? Hey, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. Remember not too long ago, a year and a half, maybe two years ago, we all... As a ministry, because of the pandemic and COVID and all those things, we took a break from our normal services. And for about oh, two or three months or so, remember, we went full digital, emptied the sanctuary out, everybody uh, stayed home. And I know at first, I mean, we were excited because, I mean, it was brand new. The technologies, it kind of ramped our online game up. Uh, it kind of, we got to sit around. You guys remember that, those Sundays sit around in our living rooms, uh, listen to uh, a pre-recorded message and eat some breakfast. And you don't know, Pastor Jeff and Jody and the media guys would record, the worship team would meet and, you know, film the worship set. And it was, it was pretty good. Uh, we thought to start that the church would be able to navigate and navigate really easy through those times. And maybe because of all the new technology and the effort and the energies, just, just flourish in that time we spent away from our weekly fellowship here in this building. And it was around Father's Day. You guys remember we came back into the building and had to get your temperature checked and we had the, the, you know, the, the distance seating and all the things and kind of faced those new challenges, really. It wasn't that big of a deal. Looking back on that, it was a fun time, I guess. A different time. We learned a lot, but we also came to understand as a ministry, and I came to understand personally, that if, if we were to continue as a church and as a fellowship in that digital world, away from this gathering, it would have killed the church. <laughs> and a lot of you guys feel the same way. I mean, we are, we are simply not designed to live apart from each other. We are not designed to be isolated. We are not healthy when we're alone. And quite simply, we need to, I need to, you need to be here. <laughs> you know, we need each other. And we have a real life lesson in that season in Hebrews chapter 10. And none of the verses are going to be on the screen today. So if you really were lying and don't have your Bible, I don't know what to tell you now. You can write these down and look them up later. But in Hebrews chapter 10, it says this. Let us, let us hold fast to our confession without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another 
you know, especially in these gatherings, to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one or so much more as you see the day approaching. I mean, that's kind of what we're designed to do is exhort one another and stir one another up. And yes, digital church, we still do it every Sunday for you guys that are online right now watching. It's a, it's a great thing. It serves a huge purpose. I mean, it gets the word into areas that we can't reach. It, it allows people, if they're feeling sick or they're out of town, it's a great thing. It spreads the gospel. No doubt, it has a purpose. But in that church, at my house, it was a lot different. I never prepped my house for company. I don't know if you guys did. I didn't make sure everything was in order around my house. I didn't make sure the lawn was taken care of and everything wiped down and dusted. Sometimes I didn't even bother to get dressed. You know, you just get out of bed and you're, whatever, we're going to assume a robe. (laughs) But there's no service opportunities, right? I mean, there's nothing to do. I mean, we're just kind of there for our families and our each other. There's no conversations pre-service. You know, there's no, there's no hugs and all the things that come with, with services. I mean, everyone in the house at my church, at my house, I already knew. There was no non-believers there, so I didn't have any new believers' packets ready to go. No first-time visitors showing up. None of those things. It was great for a season. It really was. It was a great time. But, man, that first Sunday back was amazing. Just to roam in, you know. Yeah, that'd be a good place for a Hallelujah. I guess I'll bring my own. Hallelujah. (laughs) I know a lot of you guys had a similar experience. I know that. And today we're going to kind of deviate from our normal Bible studies. I wanted to kind of remind you that all of these social things that are kind of getting back to normal. I mean, everyone's kind of getting back to their normal routine. All those things we love, all those things we miss so much in that season that are that are really inching back, and some of us are fully back, and some are moving towards that. Families are getting together again, and that's why we're here this week. I'm just here to remind you, they are coming for you this week. (laughs) It all starts this week, about a month and a half. We stand on the, the edge of this holiday season, and I love this time of year. It's great. So much to look forward to this season. I have my first grandson, Silas. He's legit. Probably the best baby in the world. (laughs) He's coming for Thanksgiving, and we have Christmas with him, and we've already been debating. Like, in my mind, I mean, he's, what, four months old, five months old, so Christmas he'll be six months old around there. I mean, do you guys remember your Christmases when you were six months old? No. So now's the time to buy everything, take a picture of him with it, and then take it all back. Right? That way we can be like, oh, we loved you so much. Look at all this stuff. He'll never know. <laughs> My wife doesn't think that's a great plan. I'll put an online survey. I'll let you guys decide. But listen, all these moments are coming. I mean, you know what's coming. All the good things. But also at times just tension and trouble is coming. And it's coming for you this month. I mean, we have to be equipped And we need to be recharged in Ephesians chapter 4. It says, Paul says, I beseech you, brethren, I'm, I'm begging you to walk worthy of the calling that you were called with lowliness and gentleness, with patience, 
bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. (laughs) Those are tough tables to be around sometimes. They're hard conversations to be around sometimes. Things don't go our way. You know, we're not all living in a Hallmark movie when it comes to the holidays. This time of year really brings out the best. I mean, you're going to Home Depot, they're playing Silent Night for Pete's sake. That's the best. People tend to think about each other more than they normally would. I mean, they're buying gifts for no random, they're just buying gifts. I just thought of you today, I thought you'd like this thing that you're going to throw away. But it also brings out the not so best of us right? It brings out weird things in this. I mean, let's keep it real. This week, in a matter of days, we'll be sitting around a table with this prepared meal, which by the way, I've boycotted stuffing, mashed potatoes, turkey, corn, all of it for at least the last two months because Thanksgiving is going to be like, pow, for me. Some of you guys have already ate the Thanksgiving meal. You ruined it. That's my own personal opinion, and it's, it's right. Listen, we're going to sit around with our, our families and our extended families and our friends. It's such a great day, right? All of the things that are coming out. I mean, I don't know if, how many of you guys do the let's all go around the table and, and say what we're thankful for. Anybody here do that? Nobody. Come on. Somebody's lying in church today. So, there you go. One. Thanks, Val. Thanks for supporting me. My family didn't do those things, but some families do. You know, tears start falling, all these extra hugs are given. We're so thankful for that thing. The food, of course, and the naps. That's my Thanksgiving tradition. Let that trip the fan do its job, you know. Football's coming. It's a great day of rest. Just celebrating, really, with friends and family what God has provided for us. And then, wham! You guys are throwing hands at a Best Buy because there's only one TV left. It's incredible. In the, in the words of my friend Rob Barber, life's too short to live with a 70-inch TV. But they only have one of the 85s, and I'm going to knock somebody down to get it. Absolute chaos. And I know those people because I become one of those people. The gentleness and the long-suffering and the unity of the Spirit. They take a back seat after Thanksgiving somehow, and it's literally like 30 days of total chaos. And even in the church, I mean, in December, we have 12 events as a church that we're doing. And we'll get to those a little bit later on today. There's, there's all the dinners, you know, the men's group and the women and the youth and all these things. And we have service opportunities. We have community outreach opportunities. Lots to do. And then you add my things, my family things, and your family things, and the invites, and the shopping. <laughs> I mean, the shopping. I don't know what to get anyone. Stockings, you guys stocking families? Yeah, my family's a stocking. My wife is the master of stockings, buying those little things. I don't know how to do it. I get so panicked just trying to buy for the stocking because I know she's looking for something. And I'm trying to cram like, you know, CD players in there. It just doesn't work. I wind up spending more on the stocking than almost anything I spend because I just, I mean, I'm, I'm putting everything in that thing. We're going to be spending a lot of time together for the next month and a half. Yeah. 
We're going to get on each other's nerves. I'm telling you, you're going to get on my nerves. I'm going to get on your nerves. The whole family's going to be on your nerves. You're going to be on there. It's just going to be one big nerve that's getting poked constantly. We need, like that verse said, to, to need, we need that spirit. We need now more than ever for God to step in and let the spirit do a work so that we can enjoy what's going on. Just relax a little bit in the holidays. And I say that knowing that I'm probably not going to do it. You know, we all want to. We want to have those Christmases like, look at this, and it's just, it's just not going to happen. You think about how much better your Christmas would be and your holiday season would be if you would just relax <laughs> and let it happen the way it's supposed to happen. I mean, I'm a big gift torturer with my kids when they were at home, when they were little. I like to just do weird things with the gifts and make them think they're getting, you know, a box of rocks and all this stuff. And one year, my 12-year-old, my there was a bike shop down the end of the street from us. Guy spoke in spandex, guy named Steve Cooper. He was the chaplain for St. John. Super cool guy. And my son would go down there and help him unpack the bikes, you know, just, oh, he's got the best of this and the best of that. And I went down there, and there was this one bike that Zach wanted. And I told Steve, I'm like, look, I'll, I'm going to buy it for him for Christmas but I don't want him to know. So if he comes back up and asks about it, just tell him it's sold. He's like, oh, that's a good one. I'm like, okay. So Zach's like, Steve sold the bike. I'm like, what? You know, I'm selling it. I mean, like, that jerk. And I went down there, and me and Zach, I'm like, Steve. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. And, you know, so Zach's in panic mode because it really, he goes, what about this bike? I'm like, no, we can't afford that. And my kids are, you know, hefty, let's call it that. They need a better bike than normal human beings, you know? So we had it all worked out. I had some friends of mine weld a skate like a, like a pipe, you know, grind rail for him. And at Christmas, we had our neighbors at the time. They walked up and got the bike, and they were storing it. And they brought it over, and I, I set it out in the backyard. I put it up on the grind rail, and then we all got together. My kids were all opening our gifts. And, and my daughter was opening stuff, and, you know, we... we she got all the good stuff. And Zach slowly realized, like, wait a minute. My Christmas sucks. I mean, she got all, she got, I've got like, what is going on? Socks, underwear, what is happening? And I'm like, hey, Zach, why don't you go out into the garage and get me a screwdriver? Because I'd like to put batteries in the whatever. We, I think it was a DVD player at the time we bought for my daughter just add an insult to injury because he had tabulated in his mind like money money wise this is way out of balance he's like ah it's cold outside i'm like no just go do it it'll be great just go get it i mean i know what's outside i mean the bike is right out there in the middle of the yard you know he's like i don't want to do it i'm like just go outside i mean it just blew the whole thing <laughs> cries and tears and, uh, and he's getting his shoes on and It was a great Christmas. <laughs> Listen, Paul tells us that we have to look for that peace. We have to look for it sometimes. Hebrews tells us that we need to pursue that peace sometimes. We have to, we have to chase it. And that's purposeful because sometimes it really is elusive, right? It just, it's nowhere to be found. We can be there and then we're not. We can have peace and then it seems like it just disappears. Wanting. And hoping for peace is a great concept, but living in that peace sometimes, man, that's really 
when we need to pay attention, when we need to have eyes on the situation, because we know what's coming. We know things are going to get busy. And listen, if we're not careful as Christians, we're going to miss the entire thing, getting caught up in in stupid stuff. We're going to miss our moments to be salt and light, not just to the world. I get it. You know, we're going to go Christmas caroling and all that stuff, have the choir of like, you know, Tarzan and Frankenstein out there, just, God, you know, we're a horrible choir, but we're going to try. But we're on the verge. We're on the verge of one of the most amazing things that has ever happened to this planet. You know, it's that familiar verse in Isaiah 9, 6. For, for, for unto us a child is born. That, that's... That's happening. And we know, I mean, listen, don't get all caught up in the the Lord was born in March. I don't care about any of that stuff. We celebrate it in December, right? You tell me all the presidents were born on February 20th? No, just relax. (laughs) Unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And the foundation of that verse for these gatherings, he's the prince of peace. If he really is about peace, then let him be about peace. We have so many children that are being born into this fellowship. We don't even need to do outreach anymore. There's, what, 15 to 20 babies happening within, what, it's nuts. Just stay away from my wife, stay away from all that. Kristen's up next, right? We were, we were talking how cool it would be. Just bam! She just right there. Having a baby right in the fellowship. It would be the best ever. You know, we'd it'd ruin a couple chairs, but whatever. That's tomorrow, right? It's coming tomorrow, no matter what. Or maybe today. That would be sick. That's why we have, that may be the reason we have concrete floors, the whole bit. We have the mop bucket. We're ready to go. Like the old westerns where the guy goes and rips the sheets for whatever reason, boils water. Be a sweet service, I'm telling you. Listen, the Gospels record, you're like, is this guy ever going to get to John 6? Yes, we're right there. The Gospel records for us a couple times. The 12, the elite, the disciples were overwhelmed. Not just overwhelmed, They were panicking. And both of these times, as we'll read, have a lot in common. They're both on stormy seas where things aren't going well. But the good news today that we find in these these accounts is that they both have the same results. The Prince of Peace intervenes. And so there in John chapter 6, if you're there, starting in verse 16. I'm like, this is the world's longest intro. Now... When evening came, <coughs> excuse me, the disciples went down to the sea. <coughs> I'm going to start that again because I'm having a mini stroke. Now, when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat, and they went over to the sea toward Capernaum. It was already dark, and Jesus had not come to them, and the sea arose because a great wind was blowing. And so when they had rowed for About three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. And then they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately the boat 
was at the land where they were going. If you flip over to Mark 4, starting there in 35, on that same day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and the other little boats were also with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And then he arose and he rebuked the wind. And he said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. There's some very real truths in these two accounts that we need to grab here today. One is that both accounts are with the disciples the followers of Christ, the ones who have seen so much out of Christ. They've been to the miracles. They've set into his teachings. They've seen some amazing things, but on these two accounts, in these two separate boats, they are struggling. (laughs) And that's important to note because if they can get lost in the day and they can get upset at the situation I mean, you can put the pieces together. They are not immune to this type of distress. We are not immune to this type of day. In each of these accounts, they find themselves in some really real trouble. And I love how the Lord kind of handles both of these accounts in two separate ways. A lot of similar qualities, but two separate ways. In John's gospel, they're rowing across the sea. They're just struggling in the wind. They're just trying to get across. It's not happening. Now, the Sea of Galilee, which that's the sea they're on, we assume, is about eight miles across. So it said they've rowed about three or four miles. So they're roughly halfway there. It's dark. They're not getting anywhere. They don't really cry out. I mean, they're laboring. I mean, these guys are fishermen. They know how to work a a boat. They just can't get anywhere. They don't ask for help. But man, the good father, I mean, look at what Christ is doing. He just, you know what, these guys are struggling. I'm just going to walk out to them. (laughs) And then he says, hey, don't be afraid. Yeah, right. (laughs) you imagine that? You're just rowing. You're like, what is happening? Don't be afraid. Yeah, okay. Anyway, Jesus comes to them. He gets in the boat with him. He doesn't really do anything. He doesn't offer up this giant prayer, God, Father, help these guys row stronger. Just bloop, they're at the, they're at the shore, done. The rest, of the rest of the way has been traveled immediately, it says. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that feels like, but I'm pretty sure it was amazing to be rowing for three or four miles and they'll say, hey, we're here. Because the Lord got in the boat. They're at their end, and then they are not. <laughs> Peace. And calm has been brought to the situation. Mark's account is very similar. Except they have to go find Christ. You know, now they're really in trouble. And remember, this is after in Mark's gospel, he's, he's taught them about the sower. And how the seeds will fall on, on those who receive it. And as the birds will take them away. And he's talking about if you just have the faith of a mustard seed, it's going to be great. And then he gets them in this boat. He gets in with them. And they start to move across the water. 
And then everything just goes south. So much so, the account says that water's already coming in the boat. I love the way that Mark accents the fact that Jesus is asleep. And not just asleep, but asleep on his, you know, sleep number pillow up in the stern. Completely out. It's been a long day. He's tired. I'm kind of known for my ability in that area to sleep anywhere. On a floor, on a hot asphalt parking lot. I've done it all. I can sleep. And the Lord just, he's just resting in the boat. And they find Christ. And they're like, what? How do you not care that we're all dying on this boat? And the Lord just goes, okay, done. Goes back to bed, I guess. Immediate calm. Listen, there are times to panic. I get it. But this is not one of them. (laughs) You think about the 12, how they lost sight of the day. I mean, if they were on the boat bailing water, and the Lord's like, oh my God, running around screaming. (laughs) What are we going to do? I can't get, you know, it just, you may have an argument that you should be panicked, but there's not a time in scripture where you see the Lord God go, oops, <laughs> you know, like he lets go of a solar system, oops, sorry about that, you know, it's not going to happen. There are no oops moments in, in the Lord's life. It's perfect and it's time and, it, and, it, and it's brilliant. He's asleep. Listen, the point of that. It's very simple. In our walk, as the 12 have done for their entire existence with Christ, when they find the Lord at work and doing a work, we work with him, right? We want to go where he goes. I don't want to stay. I don't want to be out front. I want to go where he's going. You join him in the effort. When Jesus says, hey, let's pray, maybe we should, yeah, just shout it out if you know it. Good job. Pray. If you find the Lord at rest, if you find the Lord walking up to your residence or walking up to where you're at, just meandering around, not running across the water, not panicked in the stern of the ship, but resting, walking, asleep, then we should be at rest. I mean, he's in control. If he loses control, what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah, and like that's the truth. That's another amen moment. Let's try that again. We can edit out the video later. If he loses control, I mean, what are we going to do? Whatever. Guys are not tracking at all today. Listen, we should gauge our reactions. We should gauge our emotional reactions, our physical reactions actions, the way that we handle a situation based on what the Lord is doing. It's a pretty simple concept that when he's grieving, we should grieve. When he's joyful, we should be joyful. When he's angry at something, we should be angry at something. Not someone, necessarily, something. Be angry at the sin that's causing all these problems. Listen, understand this. In Luke, a very familiar account, right? hopefully, this time of year. They're in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were greatly afraid. And the angel said, don't be afraid. I'm bringing you 
good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Praise God, here we are. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths. And notice this crazy point that flicked me right in the head. Lying in a manger. Resting in a manger. Now listen, we know that that baby born is God, right? It's not like he had to develop into God. Jesus is God with the full capacities of God. And we understand as much as we can about that. But listen, salvation is here on this day. Emmanuel, you know, God with us here, lying in this manger. Hope for humanity here in this moment. This is what we're getting ready to celebrate. All of the things that come with the birth of Christ here. Your salvation, your forgiveness of sins, your redemption, the hope of heaven, all of it in this manger lying like right here. But also the cross is coming. The plan is in motion. In 33 years, this this child will be mocked and scourged and beaten just because of who he is, because he tried to, you know, bring hope to a country that did not want hope, to leaders who did not care how many miracles he did. He was rejected in Isaiah. He was despised. He was mocked, crucified. He died. (laughs) All of that lying there. There's There's no panic in this day. There can't be panic in our day. Lying down, resting, all the commotion of that day the shepherds, and all of the things. I'm not sure what angels in the field look like, but I'm sure it's reasonably terrifying. Wise men bringing stuff that are not child-appropriate gifts. Myrrh. Thanks. You got any diapers or anything? No? Just frankincense. Thanks a lot, wise men. That's your real name. But I'm telling you, church, let's not forget... Let's not forget the importance of a sleeping Savior this year, of a resting Savior, that we should be calm in these moments. We should be peaceful in these moments. I mean, come on, there's a a baby sleeping here. Stop yelling at your family, (laughs) you know, keep things down. One of the things I grabbed when we went to this conference in Dallas was the importance of rest. The importance of taking the time that you need to regroup, however that may be. Now, rest looks different for all of us. I get that. Some of us rest in various ways. I mean, I like to mess with things as my rest. I like to break things so I can fix them as my rest. I like to jump in the yard for a few hours and just just mow. There's something so satisfying about a string trimmer that does not have an issue. Just mow talk, listen to radio, whatever I want to do, just rest. Some of you guys have have other hobbies. You have other interests, you know. Naps are a great part of our rest. I love all those things. Just taking the time to rest, especially in these seasons, are going to be key to your peace. And they're going to be key to your health. Listen, things may not get done on time. 
You may not be able to find the perfect gift. I mean, lo and behold, Amazon may not be able to get it to you. I know it happens every year. I ordered it, and now they say it's going to be December 26th. And we just lose it. Now Christmas is ruined. You know, like, really? Birth of Christ, not enough? You're hoping for some jeans? That's crazy to me. There's a lot going on. I mean, it doesn't take a hard look into this world to know that politically and socially and in the, in the economy, everything is crazy. There's issues at home that are currently just brewing, that have been brewing for a long time, that we know what's coming. There's issues with our jobs. There's issues in our marriages with our kids. And now God just decides to drop this insane holiday season on us. Sometimes we have to pursue that peace. It's not going to come naturally, but this is our season, church. (laughs) I mean, the whole world gets a day off because of what we believe, right? The whole world gets to experience joy and peace and gifts and family because because of us. This is our holiday, and we sure can't take a back seat to what the world sees as a holiday. It's Christmas. (laughs) You know, we know what's coming. Christ is coming. I'm saying, look, don't, don't, don't sit in a box and, oh, I don't want to shop now. That's so unchristian-like. No, shop. It's very Christian-like. I'm a big fan of gifts, you know. I'll give you my address. You can drop them. Make plans. I mean, make plans to do all the things. That's the whole point in it. But don't forget that even Jesus rested in his creation, took a day off. It's good. I'm taking a break. You know, animal day might have been a little tiring. You know, that's a lot of things to make in one day. The birth of Christ is just the beginning. It really is just the beginning. And after this amazing day, the the cross continues. The plan continues. Hebrews says this, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all the things by the word of his power. When he himself had purged our sins, when this lying in a manger Christ took his ministry by the horns and walked into Jerusalem on that, on that, on that foal of a donkey and claimed himself, and they're screaming, Hosanna, and then seven days later they're screaming, crucify him. When he died on that cross... And he rose again and says, it's finished. It says he sat down. (laughs) He rested again. Man, how much more do we need to take these warnings into our own lives? The finished work of the cross demands rest from us. The manger demands rest from us. Those times in those boats and those troubled times and those seas that are wavy demand rest from us, not panic and not worry and not anxiousness and not stubbornness. They demand rest. They demand silence just knowing that Jesus is our peace, right? That was a good place for an amen. I appreciate that. The rest of you guys, not so much. Listen, we go over this every year, and I love this time of season because it gives us windows to crawl through. It gives us doors to escape out of. That We need to understand that the most important part of our life is coming. 
in a month. I mean, the celebration of why we're in these seats today. And all I'm asking, and we're all but finished because I have some other stuff I want to share with you guys today. But listen, I'm just asking you, and you don't have to write this down, but I'm just asking. We have to do one or two things this year because we know what's coming, right? Some of you guys get smooth sailing, and by some of you, I mean like none of you. It's a haul coming for you. There's such a big battle. But if you find yourself in those moments, in those boats, if you will, if you'll give me that little cheeky analogy, just get Christ in your boat. <laughs> if he's walking to you, then, hey, like Paul McCartney said, someone's knocking at the door. Open the door and let him in. I mean, that's what he said. Wisdom. If the Lord's walking to your situation because you don't even know what's going on, and he knows you're almost at your limit, almost there. You're not quite there, but you're almost there. And he decides, you know, I'm going to intervene early on this one before they blow a gasket. And just invite him in and get to where you're going. Or if you find yourself in that spot where everything is just imploded, listen, go find where he's at. <laughs> Probably asleep on a pillow in your living room somewhere, and you're running around because the turkey's trashed. You know, find those moments. It's so important. And we're going to do communion. Uh, Abby, you want to come up? That was the, Abby was in motion for a minute. Hey, listen, uh, we know the, the, the symbolism of communion, that, that, that the bread and, and the cup and, and the body and the blood of Christ. We also know the season we're in. That it's, it's Thanksgiving, and it's this holiday season. Yeah, you guys can start distributing these things. Hey, just when you grab the cup, just hold it. We'll all partake together. But we have our community. Let's remember those things today. That's what he said, just to, to do this in remembrance of me. Not maybe the remembrance of the cross, and I get that. I'm not, I'm not believe me, that's the significant point in communion. But maybe remember to be thankful. Remember to be at peace. Remember to know that God is not far from each one of us, that he has came to this earth and dwells in us. <clears throat> so, thank you. And have, have that moment of reflection, of, of just kind of the calm before the storm, if you will. And so, you can, you want to, you have something going on? You want me to sing something? I don't want to sing something. You're like an Elvis on ice. But listen, yeah, just, I'm just kidding. Just spend the time in this time, in this short time of communion to just reflect on those things that are already gnawing and chewing and trying to rip away at your peace. And just ask the Lord, like, Lord, I remember why. I remember why we do what we do. I remember those moments. I'm looking forward to those things. And I know that God will bless us. And so we'll do a song here, I guess, that we're doing. Yeah. Paul writes in, in 1 Corinthians that he received from the Lord that he's delivered to them. You know, in the context of today, that, that peace that Paul got, knowing that, that it's all is forgiven. I mean, his, his, his past 
it's present, it's all forgiven. And he passed that on, and he said, as the Lord kind of shared that moment with his 12, that he, he knows that they, they haven't done well as, as a group. I mean, they panicked in the boats, they betrayed him, but they haven't done well. But he set him down at the table and he said, this, this is my body that's broken for you. This is, this is the cup. This is the, uh, the new covenant of my blood that was shed for you. And he says to, to take this as often as you do in remembrance of that, that really it, it, it's, it's all okay, that Christ has covered it all. And yes, we may not have this, we may not leave here with this charge to to. I'm really going to win it this year. Some of us are going to fail. I guarantee it. But listen, Christ doesn't care about those things. It's his peace that's so important this time of year. It's his peace that the world needs. It's his peace and love that this nation needs. It's his peace that your neighbor needs and your family needs. And, and really, for some of us, it's the peace that we need. Just to understand that, that this bread and this cup is way more than this, the, the cross. It's, it's peace. And it's hope and it's eternity. And so, God, we thank you for this time today. God, I pray as we just sit in this reflective posture for a few minutes that you would just speak to our hearts about those things that you need to take from us for this season. Things you need to add into us for this season. And I thank you for the family and for the lives that are represented here. And I thank you for the gift of your son, that this is moving closer and closer and closer. Why don't we take the bread? God, we thank you for that, that bodily form that came in this precious little child. And then we thank you for the cross that you endured so that we can enter into that peace. Let's take the cup. God, I pray, just grant us that this week and these upcoming days. That peace that surpasses what we're able to do. I pray you would add that into our lives. And Lord, we lift it up to you in, in Jesus' name. That's a good place for an amen. amen. Hey, so we're not done yet. I have a haiku that I've written. No, I'm just kidding. Billy had mentioned, and we had mentioned, there's 12 or 13 things. And I want to talk to you guys for just a brief minute about four of the things that we could really use some assistance on. The rest are kind of fun gatherings. We're going to Sparkle Park. And all this calendar's coming out next week. So you don't have to write any of this down. Journey to Bethlehem, Sparkle Park, where, you know, there's women's dinners. And you, you, you'll be informed in that. But there's, there's some areas. Do we have that slide, Marianne? No. Someone needs to find Jesus because he's asleep, huh? It's in the share folder and, and, huh? What do you mean it's not? I put it there. Peace. Serenity now. No. I dropped it in the public. In the, okay, you're fine. Couldn't find it. Now I have no, no, I'm just kidding. Listen, so now you may need to write these down. We're doing, it, we're doing four different things this year that we've never done before. Well, two things, four, two things we have done before. One, we are packing the food boxes again for the local Salvation Army. Uh, last year we did about 700 boxes. 
This year we're on track for probably more than that. It's an all-hands-on-deck type of a thing. Uh, we pack them on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday if needed. Um, and we have a, a whole system that we've done it for, you know, 12 or so years. Rob's a part of that. A bunch of you guys have been. It's a great time. Uh, we can't have too many people because they take hundreds and hundreds of cans of donation, and we have to sort it out into, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's absolute bananas. And so if you love sorting rice-a-roni and finding things that don't go with Christmas in big, huge boxes, then I have a great service opportunity. My wife will have the sign-up for that up here. There's a few of you signed up. You can sign up for any or all of it. And that is starting uh, next week, um, November 29th, rolling into the 1st of December. And so that's one thing. And then we also are ringing bells again for our local Salvation Army at the Neighborhood Market again. Is this making it more dramatic with the guitar? I like it. Now <laughs> so, the, t- <laughs> the, the, yeah. the 12th of December, which is a Monday night, we ring from 10 o'clock till 8 o'clock, and we ask you know, for an hour slot if you can make it. We don't care how many people are at the door. The sign-up will be up here as well, and there's also a way to sign up for that on the app. Both of those events you can sign up for, and those service opportunities you can sign up for on the app. Just drop on there. It'll take you right to it. Put your name on there. Check when you can be there. Then I'll get that, and we'll know when you're going to be there. It's a great time to just ring and, and be something different. You guys have seen some of those bell ringers that obviously don't want to be there. We like to be there. So it's a great time to get involved. And then two new things this year, which I'm super stoked about. Uh, we are going to do a community caroling outreach in the new Schubert Mitchell development up the road here. We're asking you guys if you would like to. My wife can help you coordinate that we're just going to do some baked goods in a box and we're going to hit the 20 or 40 houses i don't know how many is up there do you know elizabeth you don't know i don't even know why i asked you i knew you didn't know already but we're going to just kind of meet up there as a group and we're going to we're going to walk the neighborhood knock on doors and inside that box will be a bunch of hand-baked goodies and christmas candy and an invite to the church and it just we're just going to be a presence in that community and that's december 7th that's a wednesday night you guys probably should be writing this down, but I know you're not. It'll all come out next week anyway. And then the 14th is really the, this all stemmed from the fact of I bought a parade car. Don't ask me how I got it. I have a parade car. It's super cool. Anyway, we are going to host, I've called it the Calvary Chapel Community Christmas Card. And we are going to parade through Dunaweg and give them their own parade that's all you guys. Yeah, exciting, huh? We have, we have some floats we're trying to make. We have, you know, a, a, my car. We have a bunch of the guys, the men's groups decorating Dr. Mark's old Chevy, and it's going to be great. We have some, some, a cheerleader squad that's going to be following us around. Kennedy's going to be our drum major. You know, I don't really care. We don't really have any preconceived notion. We just, it's just an eight block thing. If you want to walk and, 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 and hold some things, if you want to decorate your car, you know, we're all going to meet at a spot there in Dunaweg when we get this going, and we'll have stuff for you. You can decorate your car, light it up. We're just going to drive through this neighborhood, and then the city's all behind it. They're going to lead us with the police car. We're trying to talk them into following us with the fire truck. And maybe instead of Santa, we have, like, Jesus on there or something. I don't know. I doubt that'll happen. The kids will be like, what? Anyway. And we're going to meet at the fire department, and they're doing, like, hot cocoa for the community. Listen. I don't know if anybody's going to be there. We might be doing all this for 12 to 13 people. I really could care less. It's a super fun night. 
But if you have an idea for a float or if you want to do something on your own, just let me know. Because we would love to have the church just represented in all capacities. You know, decorate your car. You can make yourself into a giant Christmas box. If you're part of a, if, you, if we have a flag routine or some batons. Anybody twirl a baton? Nobody. Okay. One baton twirler. You know, it's going to be a great time. Listen, I just encourage you guys. It's our season. Like I said, let's, let's, let's just take it. You know, be a part of these things. It's going to be a great, maybe it's freezing cold. I don't know. If God wants to ruin his own parade, then let him ruin it. It'll be great. I could care less about that stuff. Hey, so I'm going to call the leaders forward. You guys can rise to your feet. There's a box there with something in it. Is that for me? Oh, okay. Hey, so listen. Uh, Would you tell them that there's a we're meeting right over there after? Media a what meeting? Media. Oh, media. there's a media meeting over in this corner where we will officially let Shannon go from the media crew. No, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just, hey, just, so, yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Hey, listen, uh, my wife has these signups for, for Bells and for the Salvation Army food boxes. If you really want to get involved with that, man, it's a great time. The calendar will be out next week in its official capacity with all of the little details you need on that. But really, if you have an idea, come up and see me or talk to my wife or Joseph even. The youth's trying to do stuff. We're hoping the women get together as a dance troupe. You know? There's more women in the, in the ministry. Yeah, the women's ministry is huge. If they got together and just, like, ribbons, I don't care what it is. It's going to be great. Huh? Oh, look at there. Someone in the church. Oh, oh, I don't know where to put it. All I know is one of us is a liar and one of us is not. <laughs> the liar's name is Shannon. No, no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. There's that piece. It's gone. No, thank you guys for hanging out. Be praying for uh, Jeff and Misty today. They're probably up in Springfield doing the same thing. And, and like I said, if you guys need prayer for all this stuff, I know that we're going to pray for that one because that thing's coming out sometime tomorrow or tonight, right? No, nothing. So be praying for them. That's an awesome time. We're super excited for them and all the other babies that are here. So if you're a female and you're, and you're not pregnant, I would just be careful around this church right now. There's just something's happening. You just you probably should vacate the building. And so God, I lift up uh, these, these family and the friends that are here. Lord, you give us a great day of rest and, and just uh, prepare us for these things coming up and the, the needs that are out there. Pray just uh, teach us to come forward and boldly just, just ask for those things that we need. And Lord, we lift all this up to you. Pray just gather us safely next week. Lord, we lift it up in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, it's no midweek Thursday. Don't forget.